0: morning again. Am I on? Okay, thank you. Um, I feel like the designated survivor up here today. That's because our pastor's out of town, youth pastor's out of town, the chairman of our deacons is on a cruise, the vice chairman of our deacons is on the same cruise, and there's countless other members of our church out today, but I am uh, thankful to be here to have this opportunity to Uh, share a topic that Stephen um, instructed me to deliver. Um, It's because if you were here last week, um, he was going to still be in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, but if you notice right where he left off last Sunday, this Sunday was supposed to be uh, talking about love. And the uh, next uh, section of Ephesians, starting in verse 22, is where it starts that... um, that evil piece of the uh, word that some people think is evil, I don't, where it talks about the wives are supposed to submit to their husbands. But the press forgets the last part of that part of that chapter, where the husbands are supposed to love the wife as Christ loved the church. So that kind of gets left out of the, of the press. But Stephen decided not to let me tackle that today when I told him that I'd be glad to, but I would rely on the Bible of Archie Bunker to try to deliver that message. <laughs> and he went, no way, not doing it. So, what we're going to do is a a little bit of a refresher course, and I apologize to Garrett because I think there's about 15 or 20 Bible verses that he's going to be putting on the display up here as we go through this. Uh, What Stephen wanted me to do is to go through uh, part of our mission statement. Um, A lot of folks have been here for a long time, about 12 years ago, know what that mission statement is, how it uh, became about. But I'll just take a couple of minutes here to kind of describe that. If you see on the connections card, if you see on the um, bulletin handout, there's these three little symbols, okay? Um, these symbols mean something uh, to the church here, and uh, what I want to describe that is what they are. So the first one that you see there with the cross, this is um, our mission statement uh, in three symbols here. And the cross represents knowing God or to know God. And that's what I'm going to concentrate on today. So I'm going to do the first piece of our path. And our path is our mission statement here at National Baptist Church. And what I mean by that is, is that our path and our mission statement is what we're about. So if things that are not important to our mission statement, um, we just don't do them as a church. We try to concentrate on the, on the real core principles of knowing God. The second step, which later on will be talked about uh, probably by the next deacon in line, uh, whoever that is, um, talks about uh, loving one another. And then the third picture here is serving in the world. So it's no love, and serve. So we believe in those steps because you've got to come to know God first before you can love one another and before you can serve. So it's, it's, a, it's a path. So I'm going to talk about today the, the, the knowing God part. Um, many say that I know God, and that's K-N-O-W, not know God, N-O, God. Um, but what does that really mean to know God? Now, a lot of people know there's a God, okay? Um, but we're talking about uh, something that's more deep and becoming acquainted with the one that created everything that's around us. It's having a deeper understanding of what his love is about and a deeper understanding for what it means for us to have eternal life through his son Jesus. And it means to have, more importantly, a relationship with him, a deeper understanding. So many times you know someone, but you don't know them deeply until you get to know them. And that's the same way it is with God. So to know God means to have a knowledge of God and to have a relationship with him because that's what he yearns for. Um, God reveals his awesome power. Uh, He is the creator of all. In Genesis 1-1, there we go, it starts out, by talking about his creation in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth period done now if you don't have a deep understanding of God you might not understand that or not, might not even believe that um, but as myself over the years that I've been here and years that I've learned and continue to learn in terms of what the Bible says I do believe that God created the heavens and the earth but it starts out with his awesome power in terms of him being the creator and in Genesis 1 3 God said let there be light and there was light and through the entire book of Genesis, God talks about His creations. He created man, created woman, all the things that started to set the stage in terms of what His uh, word would be based on, and all the events in the Bible that went through the New Testament or Old Testament through the New Testament. Um, so He describes uh, all His creation. It also describes, over the course of many books in the Bible, how He wants us as His children uh, to have relationship with Him, but we have a choice. Of whether we yearn for that relationship. So God doesn't force us into anything, He does give us the free choice in terms of uh, what we can do with our lives. One can have knowledge of God, but not truly know God. An example of this is where the Pharisees who knew God um, but they were testing Jesus because they didn't really know God. In John 8:19, they said to him, Therefore, where is your father? And Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father, because if you knew me, you would know my Father also. Jesus demonstrated that the Pharisees had a knowledge of God. They had, they had a book knowledge of God, but they did not have the full understanding of the fellowship to be with God. As a matter of fact, as you, as you know, they, they saw Jesus as a threat to their authority. And during the time that Jesus was here, he demonstrated to himself, but also to us as believers, that believers are persecuted by the world because the world does not know God. In John fifteen eighteen through 21, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you were not of the world, but I choose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all things they do to you on account of my name, because they do not know who sent me. If one does not know who, who is Jesus and who he is and who sent him, you cannot know God. Knowing a deeper relationship with Jesus is God's plan to know God. In John 16, one, uh, verses 1 through 3, I have said all things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. The Apostle Paul describes before he became a believer um, and before he knew God, he didn't really know God. He knew of God. As a matter of fact, he was one of the biggest persecutors of the Christians in the early church before he became converted. Paul did not have that deep personal relationship with God. You can tell that by the persecution that he did on the early church. But he had faith in God after he became converted and after he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior, and became one of the greatest apostles um, in, the, in, the book, in the Bible. Many of the uh, letters that he wrote, for, uh, one here that I want to describe, is First Timothy, uh, chapter 1, 12 through 14. "I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful." Appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a prosecutor, and an insolent opponent, but I have received mercy because I have acted ignorantly and in in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed me with the faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. So the plan that Paul sets here, at least the statement that he sets here, is that we all fall short of the glory of God. We have choices, we make bad choices, but God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, that through him, and only through him, that we can have the forgiveness and the grace of mercy and for the um, furtherance of his kingdom in terms of the witness that we portray when we're in front of others. Paul persecuted those who knew God due to their own ignorance and due to his own ignorance. But once Paul became closer to God and developed that relationship with God, He experienced God's grace and forgiveness and developed a knowledge of God and his son, Jesus Christ. One of the most important um, events that God laid on this earth is that he revealed who he is to man by sending his son, Jesus Christ. Now, the Old Testament has lots of stories, lots of um, history in terms of what God did, the things that God did, the things that he brought his people out of bondage and things like that. But by sending his son, Jesus, to earth, is where he made the revelation to man there are many stories uh, that talk about that he finally sent his son to reveal his saving grace so that we would have a deep knowledge of God following the footprints of Jesus Christ in John 1 18 it is stated that no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the father's side he has made him known and that's his revelation through Jesus Christ. Jesus was sent to reveal to all the unbelievers who God is and to develop that personal relationship with God. John 8:12. Keeping up? Okay. Um, I don't have a monitor, sorry. Uh, Jesus said that he is the light of the world. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have life. And light of life. Jesus taught of love and forgiveness of his teachings, many of those what we refer to as parables, his sermons, and even his actions. He was sent by God to fulfill the promises from the prophets. Isaiah is one of the prophets that you heard um, spoken here today of um, the Old Testament of giving us a savior that would deliver us from evil and sin and give us the choice to be reunited, uh, reunited with God in eternity by submitting ourselves to our Christ Lord Jesus. God gives us a clear manifestation through himself through Jesus. In Colossians 1:15 through 16, it is written that he is the image of the invisible God, talking about Christ, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things are created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And until we have that deeper knowledge of God, it is hard for us to know God himself and to have that relationship with him. Jesus was sent to reveal God through him so that we could have that relationship that God deserves and God desires. He gives us this choice freely and openly. The choices, as we all know through life, do have consequences. God provided that path to be with him, and that path is through Jesus Christ. Our faith in him and confessing him as our Lord and Savior provides the relationship that God intends to have with each and every one of us and prevents us, once we have that relationship, from being separated from him for eternity. And when we know Christ, once we have that knowledge of Christ, we now know who the Father is. We now know God. And when we submit to Christ and submit to Jesus, confess our faith in him, we will provide the way to have that deeper relationship with God on an ongoing basis. In John fourteen sixteen through 9, Jesus said to him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. But Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long that you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Jesus was sent to this earth to show us God. And when we know Jesus and when we accept Jesus, we know God. And we have that relationship that God so desires. In Hebrews 11, 6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever we draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Through nature, we learn of God's divinity and his continual reinforcement of his creation. In Romans 1:20, Paul writes, "For this, in, for this invisible attribute, attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, in the things that have also been made. They are without excuse." And on that same thing, continuing in Acts 14 through 17. Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. Learning of God does not mean that we know God. If we do not have the right relationship with God, we will not know him. We will know of him, but we will not know the deeper meaning of what God is. In Romans 1:21 through 22, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and in their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. God judges everyone. Christ was sent to take the penalty of sin on his shoulders for the world. Jesus is the way for forgiveness of sin, salvation, and then our eyes are opened to have a deeper knowledge of God. And his love for us through all the things he created in the bible verses that i've read he's given examples of opening our eyes to know god and also the consequences of what it means to not know god but knowing god and accepting jesus there's also the obedience factor that we need to take into account when we obey god we also have a deeper knowing of god god is a loving god but he is also a vengeful and he's a jealous god In 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, in the flaming fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In knowing God and accepting his son Jesus and accepting his commandments that do not um, uh, um, judge us, if we don't keep those commandments, we cannot say that we do not know God. It's just not possible. 1 John 2, verse 3 through 6, And by this we know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commandments, whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked, he being Jesus. Knowing God's word allows us the love of God in our lives. And when we love God, we are in fellowship with him and with the one he sent, Jesus Christ. And then we are in fellowship with Christ and the Father. Christ's love for us and our walk with him brings us closer to God and provides greater knowledge of God. And thus we know God in greater ways. Being obedient to God is to be in a relationship with him. John 14, 23, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and I will come to him and make a home with him. We're in fellowship with God when we talk as as we walk as Christ did on this earth. Being in fellowship with God allows us to know him, and to be more on a personal level to know of his mighty power and promises he made his people. When we truly know God, we accept the teachings of Christ and the apostles who wrote in many um, scriptures within the uh, New Testament. First John 4, uh, verses, uh, verse 6, we are from God. Back to Genesis, God created everything. So we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It is a contradiction to say that we are pleasing God if we reject his word. We must demonstrate our love for him and we must be submitted to the teachings of Christ if we truly want to know God. 2 John 1 verse 9, Everyone who goes on ahead... And does not abide in the teaching of Christ, does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching of both the Father and of the Son. The apostles wrote instructions as to how we are to walk and to live, as Christ walked and lived on this earth for the short period of time that he was here. First John one three through four. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, that to you may f- have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And to carry on, 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, But whoever keeps his word in him truly loves God, and it's he is perfected by God. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked." To really know God means that we walk in Christ. 1 John 5, 20-21, as we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know who, Him who is true. We are in Him who is true, and His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. You cannot know God and reject his son, Jesus. They both go hand in hand. To know Christ and to follow Christ and to know one another who sent God the Father, they go hand in hand. To be an obedient follow in Christ, we are baptized into, uh, into Christ through faith. Galatians three twenty six through 28. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Greek nor Jew, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. In an obedient relationship with God, we should know these three things. First, God knows us. He acquainted, He's acquainted with everything about us. He knows our words. He knows our actions he knows our desires he created us psalms 139 1 through 4 O lord you have searched me and you have known me you know me when i sit down and you know me when i rise up you discern my thoughts from afar you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways even before a word on my tongue behold o lord you know it all together. God cares for us. He cares for us so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to go to the cross to die for our sins, fulfilling God's promise through the prophets and through all of his word to become the ultimate sacrifice for all, the, for all of our sins so that we can have eternal life in relationship with him. John 10:14 through 15, I am the good shepherd. This is, God, this is uh, Jesus talking. And I know my sheep... And I am known of mine, as the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. And Christ did that on the cross for each and every one of us. And in Christ, God recognizes us as his children. In Galatians 4, 5 through 9, To redeem those who are under the law, so that we might receive adoptions as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, Crying, Abba, Father, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then the heir through God. Formerly, when you do not know God, you were enslaved to those by the nature are not God's. But know that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God. How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world, whose slaves you want to be once more? The second point is that God loves us. In 1 John chapter 4, 9 through 10, in this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son to the world so that we might live through him and in his love that we have loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the um, perpetuation for our sins. And despite our sins against him, and we're not perfect by any means, we fall short each and every day, he continually still loves us. We must love others in the same manner as God has loved us. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, Beloved, let us one another, let us love one another, for the love of God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. The third point, God sees us. He sees our every need. And He will always provide for our every need. If we know Him, we will recognize that He provides our every needs on a daily and ongoing basis. In Matthew six eight, do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask Him. And in Matthew six uh, verses thirty two through thirty three, for the Gentiles seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. God's word provides assurance that he will provide for all of those that are faithful and those that have a deeper knowing of him. God is always there to help us. He will never forsake us. Hebrews thirteen five, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Knowing God and the relationship we have with him through Jesus Christ, he will provide all that we need. Most importantly, he provides the ultimate gift of the sacrifice for our sins on the cross so that we can have eternal life and not be separated from God for eternity. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. So to conclude um, the topic of knowing God, the question asked at the beginning, do you know God? Do you have a deep understanding of God? Perhaps you know God, but you really don't know who he is because you don't have the relationship with Jesus. Having that relationship provides a greater understanding in turning to God and having the knowledge of him, and it offers, in terms, a free gift of eternal life, with no strings attached. John seventeen three, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. God wants you to know him in a very personal way, in a way that will provide an eternal relationship with him. To have that relationship, he had to send his son Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and paid the price for everything. Prophets said and the promises were delivered. The Bible is very true in terms of everything that the Lord laid out through his prophets and through uh, the teachings of Christ uh, is all connected together. The famous um, scripture verse that I think we all know and we all see a lot is John 3:16. And this is very true in terms of trying to sum up the love of God has for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but shall have eternal, eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order for the world to be saved through him. When Christ knows us, we know Christ and we submit to his authority. We will know the Father God when we do this. In Matthew 10:32 through 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny my Father who is in heaven that's a pretty strong statement when it comes judgment time is that christ if you have him and if you believe in him as your eternal savior and your lord and savior he will confess you before god if you don't he will deny you before god so the question is do you desire to know god more than just a superficial knowledge it's now the time that we come in our service today I know we've had some praise music, we've had some prayer, but we've also had some word of God here delivered today. Um, We give you an opportunity um, to come up front, if you so choose, or in your chair to silently pray, to think about the things that God has done for each and every one of us. If you're a believer, uh, you know what it means to be a believer. If you're not a believer and you have questions, we certainly will be up front or after the service, we'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. If you've made that decision, but you've not professed it publicly, I encourage you to come up front, meet with one of our deacons, myself, and we'll be more than happy to talk to you through that process. As the praise, music, praise team comes up now to, um, after I say a prayer to uh, lead us in our invitation, uh, please come as you're as your led. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time today, God, that we're in your house. Though we know so many of our members and so many of our friends are not with us today we know you're with them and protecting them we ask lord that those that are here today in your presence that uh, you have spoken to their hearts we pray god that your word has provided a path to someone in terms of having that knowing knowledge of you we thank you lord for all of those that are in this church today that love you and that serve you and we ask lord that all of this be for the furtherance of your kingdom and pleasing in your sight Amen.